Hello. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Church in Space. It, whoa, 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 oh, whoa, whoa. man! False start. <laughs> it's recording so loud. Oh, oh it's the Church in Space. Well, welcome to Church in Space. In 3D. Hey, we are back. Yeah. Recording. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Haven't been here in a while. All right. That so escape was pretty tough. It was pretty hard. My wrists are still chafing. From the Shadow Just, Bishop on New Augustana and, yeah. and everything, yeah. you know. Finally catch your breath. Right. Can yeah. breathe out in the open. Don't have to worry about the dome's oxygen no, levels. No, no. Or but, Twinkies. Which we didn't really worry about the Dome's oxygen levels no. through no, most of the game not. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have to record the show at an ever-rotating mystery location. I know, in an ever-rotating mystery location. Lest the radical wing of the ELCA find us yet again. <laughs> Sub-basement E. <laughs> Darn it, now we got to move again! I didn't tell you which sub-basement E. <laughs> so we thought we would play a game. Our game is, uh, are we certain? Each of us has a Bible and a sci-fi, are we certain about I thought you were something. Just going to leave it at are we certain, in no. which case I would say no. No, no, no. no. So it's like, well, are we of... certain something about this sci-fi property? Oh, okay. You okay. know, or that. Okay. Or are we certain about this Bible thing? Does that make sense? It makes sense. Okay. So I will start, and my are we certain is, are we certain Stranger Things won't just end up like Lost? And here's what I mean by this. Since this was my question, okay. I will explain. Okay. Here's what I mean by this. I think I have post-traumatic stress disorder from, from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know? As do 90% of its viewers. Right. Yes. <laughs> and like, like, I'm always suspecting that some show's going to turn out as badly <laughs> as it did. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Right. Yeah. yeah right. And, and see, that's the thing. It happens, right? Yeah. It does yeah. happen. So Lost spent five seasons building up five and a half seasons, in fact, building up this wonderful mythos mm-hmm. around this island, right? And there were a lot of wonderful mythic things about this island. And I was really into it, including into the final season, where it was like leaning really heavily into like the magical realism mythos thing. And then it all ended, spoiler alert, from a show from 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it still haunts yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, it all ended on the incredibly obvious... Oh, yeah, you were in purgatory the whole time, <laughs> you know, which they ruled out like three seasons ago, but they, they took the really easy way out, Yeah, you know, yeah. And like with Stranger Things, we have this wonderful show for, what is it, four seasons now? Four? Yes. Sure. Four seasons. So like four seasons now, you know, and it's got, similarly, it's got this great mythos to it, right? Like all these great mythic things about it, which yeah. I'm I'm all for. Sold me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and and yet... Are we just going to get a really crappy wrap it all up in season whenever the last season is? Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's inevitable. <laughs> I mean, when you have such good shows and they create such good expectation, you mm-hmm. are bound to find bad television mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Think of Friends. They just wrote a bunch of crap towards the end because they could. They haven't done that storyline yet. How I Met Your Mother is just terrible because of the last season. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Even Seinfeld, you yeah. know, the final episode. Uh, don't even get me started. Yeah. <laughs> the final episode of Seinfeld. God. <laughs> that episode, it, its problem is that it points out to you that all these characters are awful human beings. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the show only works if you don't actually point out that they're, awful yeah. that they're, that, that, yeah. that they're all really awful human beings. <laughs> I think quite possibly uh-huh. the only major popular TV show 
mm-hmm. in the history of television that actually had a great finale mm-hmm. was New Heart. You know, oh, can't we say I like TNG's ending? Eh. Yeah, yeah, it, it was good. From yeah, I, okay, I'll give you that from, from a, a certain point of standpoint. view. From yeah. a certain point of view, but it did. Did it did up. wrap it up nicely by right. yeah. referring still... right back to the opening episode. Right. And and so that was good. It gave it, nice closure. It's still one of the episodes. That two-part episode does not inspire utter revulsion. No, no. <laughs> you know. And it is also another sign that it was a really good way to wrap the series. Right. Was the fact that they could revisit it in Picard's Picard right. season two finale. Right. And, and it made it worked. It worked. It made mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Right. And so that does tell you that one did. So you're right. Mm-hmm. TNG and Newhart. Yeah. And that's probably about it. Kenobi. Final or is it over? It, it, I don't think they're going to bring it back because it, how good it ended. Yeah. Kenobi like, was a good ending. Yes. That's true. And now that we're in the streaming world, mm-hmm. I don't think producers, directors have that compulsion now to keep things going. We got more mm-hmm. of that British mindset of, well, I'm done telling the story, so the show's over. Sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's just do three seasons, you know, 20 episodes a piece. Yeah. And only five episodes a year, and that's it. Yeah. 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 Because we have we want to tell a really strong story. Yeah. Well, and you saw it even with Stranger Things, right? This most recent season where, like, some of those episodes were really, like, TV-length movies. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the final episode of this season was, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> you know? And it's like, we should have just called it a feature-length movie. <laughs> yeah. So when do you think it will end? Do uh, you think it'll end when, like, they graduate from college and become full-on adults? Do you... I mean, will the age of the no. main I think characters be I, the deciding I think factor? it's got to wrap up as they are going to college. The Dustin and Mike and Eleven going off to college. Yeah. Part of it is that fun little, like... The innocence know, of youth. Yeah, yeah, right. They're 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 the high schoolers or, you know, at first they were the middle schoolers and the elementary school kids, like, saving the world, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. The, do you ever watch the movie Brick? And Gordon Gosh. Levitt is is the detect the noir detective, and he's no. like this this yeah he's like this social outcast in high school who's like basically plays this Humphrey Bogart noir detective. Oh, I've got to check that. It's out. It's a great movie, but it only works because they're all in high school. High school, yeah, <laughs> would be a really bad noir flick if they were all adults. Yeah, and so similar thing I think here that it only works supposedly they're all in high school, and as long as we can plausibly maintain that fiction, it works. It works. Yeah. So we're not certain is what I'm hearing. There's yes, a, there's a yeah. high degree of possibility that Stranger Things ends up like Never that. tell me the odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So yes, our answer is no. Yeah, I, I think that's, yeah. That'll be a shame though, because it's such a good show. Uh, all right, on to your question. Time for you to ask your oh. question. Are we certain that Mace Windu did not cause the fall of the old Republic? This comes from the... Tales of the Jedi, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, thing that's been going on. And, and after that episode with Mace Windu in it, no, I am absolutely yes. not certain. <laughs> and Dan's sitting over there like... Or if I'm certain of anything, no, I'm certain no. that he might have caused the fall. I, I, from what I have seen already of Tales of the Jedi uh-huh. and Mace's ascension to the council, yeah, I'm with you. Yes. Like that specifically. Yeah. Well, yeah. and like... That episode did a good job of like his rigid orthodoxy. Yeah. And that was the problem of the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And like my, I was actually talking with a friend in just before this about this, you know, and he said, well, that was always Mace's problem, right? He was so close to the dark side. 
because he would practice that form of saber combat that was like almost Sith like. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like he was the only one who could do it. And so like he almost need my friend pointed out, like he needs the rigors of orthodoxy in order to keep him on the light side. Uh, you know, like he yeah. needs to be that rigorous himself, he needs to be that calcified orthodoxy in order just to stay on the light side. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, that would be the flaw, but then you put and shouldn't put that guy in charge of your order. No, no. because <laughs> in real life, you know, yeah. leadership theory, front and center, resiliency is mm-hmm. required. You gotta be flexible and ever changing. Yep. Orthodoxy will always doom your organization. Yeah. But I mean, so he caused the fall of Dooku directly. Yep. You know, he probably did cause Anakin to go to yeah. uh, the council chambers mm-hmm. just because he said I didn't we didn't trust you. Yeah. Like if he would have just like left it alone said, Okay, cool, we'll handle it. Yeah. Not like add the out of that other line. Probably yeah. wouldn't have gone there and probably, probably could have yeah, saved yeah, yeah. so many people's lives. Right. And come on, how could he not have force sensed how emo Anakin really is? Because I mean all the Jedi made Well, that like mistake. he and the whole council like Clone Wars shows, right? But like the whole mess with Ahsoka mm-hmm. like being falsely charged. Yes. Like yeah. that's him and the council. Clone Wars reveals how that really sets Anakin like in high suspicion of the Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, and it and then adding to that, right, that line about you will have won my trust, you know, you kind of want to be like, you're the guy who nearly railroaded his, yeah. his Padawan. Like, yeah. <laughs> he has to win your trust. Like, let's look in a mirror, shall we? Right. Yeah. Like, let's look in a mirror here, people. Because what was it? It was episode two in the gunship when they're talking about how Obi-Wan was talking to Mace and mm-hmm. uh, Yoda about Anakin being the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And Mace is just like, nope, not, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, not under his watch. Right. He's a badass, pardon my French. <laughs> yes. But like, there are significant flaws as a leader. Yes. Of the, he was the wrong leader for this moment that the Jedi required. Reminds me of Barty Crouch. Not inherently bad, but let a whole lot of things slide mm. by in order to maintain his power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maintain the status quo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just as, I don't think he was in it just for his own power, but I do think he, he thought the status quo was good and that was his goal. Yeah, it was his motivation. You know, his motivation yes. was just yeah. to keep things on an even keel, you know, and oh, you have this guy who's the force incarnate wandering around, you know, that guy's mm. like anti-status quo <laughs> yeah. that's very nature, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, look through history and fiction, real history and fiction. It seems like every time in every culture, someone is some higher power incarnate. Yeah. That's what they're all about, is rocking the status quo. Right. You know, globally, culture, all sorts right. of cultures. You've got Anakin who's a cross between, like, Alexander the Great and Jesus, yeah. you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, that person is inherently <laughs> not yeah. a status quo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, guy. Uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. we, can, we can launch into the religious aspects right here if you want yeah, to. Yeah, there episode. we go. But right. we need to put a disclaimer in there, though. Uh-huh. This is not the fault of Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> no! No. Does anyone on the planet think it could possibly be Samuel L. Jackson? No! no. But <laughs> there, he's kind of viewed as one and the same, so I kind of like want to separate that so he can come on the podcast and don't feel actually like think a, a Samuel L. Jackson as Samuel L. Jackson Jedi would have been the mentor that Anakin actually yes. needed. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody yes. who yes. was emotional and who was, you know, like... You know, screw yeah. the rules a little bit. Right. <laughs> Take no nonsense because yes. we're the good Honestly, guys. Honestly, <laughs> like in, in Anakin needed Qui-Gon to be his mentor, not Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. like he needed Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon's kind of sense of like, well, I'll follow the rules when I 
want to. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and somebody to show him, like... But when the situation yes. requires breaking the rules, I will break right, the rules. Right, I will break yes. the rules, and I don't care about the consequences, and the council can go shove it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like... And Obi-Wan just learned that too late. Yeah, right, right. Oh, and the other thing, that scene, right, where it's like, the council grants you the rank of master, or grants you on this council, but does not grant you the rank of master. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's another Mace Windu moment where it's like, you gotta dig that, that knife in just yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, further. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. already embarrassing. Like, do you have to, <laughs> you know? Or in this yeah. case, twist the lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. right, you gotta yeah. twist the lightsaber. To, yeah. Right? Anyway, yeah, so he's he is flawed. Right? Yes. Which makes him a good character, but he is flawed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. All right, Dan, your turn, your question. Ooh, well then, mine is, are we certain that one of the core tenets of the Marvel Universe, cinematic and comic book, is that there's something special about humans? Mm-hmm. I mean, relative to the cosmos. Right. You know, even all these cosmic powers all converge here. Mm-hmm. They all want to come to Earth and destroy Earth. We're this backwater planet on that... Fringes mm-hmm. of the of the universe of the galaxy, yep. And yet, all these races come here to take us over, invade, hijack humanity, enslave humanity, wipe out humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never about coming outside of Galactus. Yeah, it's never about coming to exploit Earth's resources. You know, it's about always wiping about out the Earth, wiping yeah. out humanity, or taking us over. You know, Galactus comes and he's just like, yeah, I want to consume all the energy in the planet because I'm hungry, right? <laughs> but everybody else has some other motive, and it's like, why? What right. is so special? I mean, at one point, it's either the Cree or the Scrolls. I think it's the Cree. At one point in one of the comics, they're kind of explaining to Bruce Banner why they keep coming to Earth. Mm-hmm. And they say, they finally actually say what's been under an undercurrent the whole time. Mm-hmm. There is something special about humanity, and we don't want you to rise above us as a result. Yeah. So let's wipe you out before you realize how special you are. And that remains an undercurrent, right? You right. Know, even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. They come here. Right. They come well, here. you've seen the, have you seen the Eternals? Haven't seen the Eternals yet. Okay. Now, I know the whole, have but you, from, from the not. comics, I, I know the celestial yeah. and the inhuman play and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I understand. I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Okay. Then I won't go there. The only other thing I can think of is just the amount of chaos on our planet. Versus literally every other planet in the universe. Like, that's what, quote-unquote, makes us special. (laughs) We have the potential to cause all kinds of trouble. I mean, yeah. I mean, we really do. If really the the motto of the human race is, hold my beer. (laughs) Gets back to that joke. Yeah, Yeah, the Star Trek. The Star Trek joke we had. Yeah, I mean, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has moved away a little bit from the, you know, like, because they did the Guardians of the Galaxy and Asgard, like, it almost makes Earth seem small. Like, there's a lot of action that takes away from Earth and the MCU. Yeah. You know? But it still, I know it, it still center, brings it, it back. It centers yeah. it back. You know, like, Asgard relocates right. to yeah. Earth. Right. And, and that, so it's kind of got to because, well, we're humans and we want it to be about us. But, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies do a good job, I think, of making Earth seem, like, small. Maybe it mm-hmm. is an afterthought after yeah, all. Well, yeah. um, if not an afterthought, like, not quite as big as everybody thinks it is. Little, little smaller than maybe all these people really think. So maybe they'll finally leave us alone. So it, it mm. may be we are just meat sacks with hubris. Yeah, right. Ugly bags of water, mostly water. Yeah, as yeah. they say in Star Trek. But just right. have yeah. egos. Yeah, yeah. right. We'll also look at like first contact. 
like within the federation mm-hmm. like they purposely leave planets alone or um until they they reach light travel i feel like you know all the other you know alien races are like just leave them alone let them get to this point except for the conquering ones which yeah. want to conquer everything <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not sure the mcu's either the mcu or just the comic book universe like is certain about this as they claim even, you know, like, yes, everything keeps coming to earth. But as I said, there's a whole lot that happens outside of earth. Well, our cultures also become a little more nihilistic, right? You know, when, when, when 30 years ago, there was a lot more optimism in American culture that may have reflected in Marvel comics. Yeah. Right. So yeah, humans are special. And now maybe they're backing away from it because like, Oh man, what a mess. We may not, our planet may not even live another 20 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the Guardians of the Galaxy, the, like the comic books. Like they didn't even have a human until uh Peter Quill and that was a couple of years into their run, right? Yeah. Um right. like look at the Nova Corps, like look at all that. Like was it the 90s they had the whole bunch of space stuff? Yeah. Like uh 90s, Hawk. I mean even X-Men in yeah. the 80s and 90s was Professor Xavier disappeared for a while because he was with a bunch of aliens and he and the alien queen were in love. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was it. almost all the Marvel comics got very cosmic. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Like uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, was it the, uh, is it the negative universe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got all that going on. Like very 90s was very spacey. Well, and you get Howard the Duck and yeah. Man Thing kind of converts over. And even though there was a comedy undertone to our overtone to Howard the Duck. Howard and Man-Thing were really, again, multi-dimensional, cosmic, you know, played very, very heavily into it. And even Man-Thing was kind of setting the stage for our current nihilism because Man-Thing was not evil. Mm-hmm. You labeled a monster, mm-hmm. but in reality, it was just anything that had fear would burn at his touch. Yeah. So if you had no fear, you know, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. And that was just his curse. He wasn't actually a monster. He wasn't like exploiting a power. Yeah. yeah. It's just what he did. Just, you know, don't touch him if you have fear. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's shifted. Humanity's role has shifted in the mm-hmm. MCU. Yeah. We'll also think from the comics perspective, like more and more in thinking about it, how did 9-11 really dictate how comics were? Because mm. after 9-11... Almost everything was terrestrial based. Yeah, like you... a lot of it, a lot of stories change. I mean, I always point out. You notice all the asteroid movies stopped after nine yeah. eleven. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we had a run of asteroid movies, and then well, know. and that makes sense because yeah. we suddenly realized getting hit. The was... big danger is not out there. Yeah, the danger little... is us. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of different dangers. Yeah, so yeah. we we got to pay attention to us now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as we shift, because this is a religion and science fiction podcast, as we shift yeah. into religion, Dan, <laughs> your question conveniently <laughs> applies to religion. So too. ask yeah. your question again. Yeah, my question is, uh-huh. um, are we certain that as Christianity posits, yeah. <laughs> there is something special about humans? Yeah. I would say yes, but with the possibility of a caveat, Okay, <laughs> you know, and special doesn't mean exclusive. I think we think hmm. of special as exclusive. There are these moments in the Old Testament, like Amos has this a lot. This is most in Amos. God kind of is like, well, don't be so confident in yourselves, you. (laughs) (laughs) You know. You you hairless apes. Right. uh, You little people of Israel, you. (laughs) You know, and, and one of the ways 
somewhere in the book, Amos says something like, I brought you out of Egypt. Did I also not bring up the Philistines out mm. of wherever they came from and the Ethiopians wherever they came from and the Egyptians wherever they came from? You know, yeah. and the the impulse is God's trying to say, don't be triumphalistic about it. Yes, you're my chosen people, but that doesn't mean you're the only people I work with. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. don't be exclusive yeah. about it. And so I guess I would say, I think scripture says, yes, there is something unique about humanity. You know, God became human. But don't be exclusive or triumphal about it, you know, mm. because that's not what the intention is. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not about hubris because of this. Yeah, right. Don't, right. Hubris is always like, there are times, there's these funny stories in the Old Testament where, like, the people of Israel think, like, the Ark of the Covenant is the thing that allows them to win battles and mm. not God, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they'll take the Ark out and then they lose the battle. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. God's like, it's not the it, of the, the it's not the chest, guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, it's yeah. me. Hello, yeah. it's God's <laughs> version of saying, "What am I, chopped liver?" Yeah, yeah, right. Like the chest is not like the the glowing battery is not the thing to be focusing on right. here. You know, like me. Hello, uh, yeah, it's got some cool powers, but it's me. You know, and and it's a similar thing. And I, I would I would say you could probably posit a similar theory. To God's relationship to us as a species. Like, yes, mm-hmm. there is something special. Creation culminates on the creation of humanity in yeah. Genesis. And there's this essence in which humanity completes creation. Yes. You know, but don't think that doesn't mean I don't work with the dolphins now and then, you yeah. know, or, yeah. or something like that. You know, don't think that means you're the only one with my time. Well, a lot of the, my question now is, and I didn't have it theologically this much in my youth because mm-hmm. I didn't foreshadow the doom of Earth coming so soon. <laughs> but as a species, we are ignoring that we're at the tipping point for climate change. Yeah. And if we don't pull back, like now, mm-hmm. not 10 years from now, but now within the next couple of years, we have doomed the planet and yeah. made it unlivable for humanity. So in the next couple of years, we may have set ourselves on an inextricable path to wiping out our species. Yeah. What I, would, it, would God, I, do you think, kind of say, well, that experiment failed, and and start. <laughs> we'll go with the dolphins. creating another. Yeah, go with the dolphins. <laughs> go with go with roaches. I mean, they're impervious to almost anything. But you know, have you read a uh, Canticle for Leibowitz? Yes. You yes. know, right. So it was written by a very Catholic author, and it's mm-hmm. about this order of Catholic monks which try and preserve technology after a nuclear apocalypse. Yeah. Um, the book ends on a second nuclear like war. Everybody nukes each other again, yeah. you know, when they discover the technology. It is a really good book. Highly. Uh, it ends on this really weird, it, it's one of the weirdest scenes in science fiction where this mutant from like the radiation, she has two heads and the, the Catholic priest has been basically buried under all this rubble and the mutant survives and the, the other head, which everybody thought was just useless, wakes up. And suddenly the implication is that it's a new Eve and it's without sin, yeah. <laughs> you know? And It's no Zaphod Beeblebrox. Yeah. And like the, the priest basically is like, I witnessed a miracle because I've seen whatever God was doing, something new has happened, yeah. you know? And, and that's, that's the thing. Like, since we're kind of exploiting our special status and taking for granted, <laughs> yeah. if we don't turn things around in the next couple of years, is there someone else, something else waiting in the wing? So or God promised, we evolve? Or we evolve. Oh. Right. Uh, scientific rational basis there's been some studies about how like we've actually come in under un projections in like from where we were supposed to be from like 10 years ago where they projected you know so like and there were more studies about how actually we're learning to decouple growth from in every industrialized economy 
growth has gone up and carbon emissions have gone down actually, you know? And so like, we're learning to decouple growth from carbon emissions. We're not quite where we need to be, but we're learning, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and the, the initial projections have not come in as bad as where we kind of thought we were going to come in. Yeah. But you know? there are some just to counter that. Mm-hmm. There are also some that were ahead of the curve, a curve we don't want to be ahead of. Well, right. There's those tiered projections. Right. right? And so that so like, like on things like the warming of ice caps and glaciers. Right. Which then cascades into, you know, huge land areas that are going to be underwater. Right. Hi, Florida. <laughs> You're going to be down to like one square yeah. mile. I'm not saying land. buy beachfront property. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm buy really... shark repellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shark, invest in shark repellent. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'm saying there's a there's a case for very mild case of optimism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the sense of not that things won't be rough, but we are learning to get where we need to go. Yeah. You know, uh, theologically, I guess I, I hold two things confidently. Uh, the first is God has promised not to destroy the earth, you know? Yeah, but we're the ones doing it, not him. <laughs> well, so yes. he, he de- yeah. technically, if the earth is destroyed, he didn't break his I promise. know, but he's, he's promised not to... Well, it's God work our hands. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Save me. <laughs> so, right. So I guess what I mean is... God has promised that no matter how much we mess up, God won't smite us unto destruction mm-hmm. to fix the problem, right? You know, so that's part of what... The, it's not just that God won't destroy the world, but that God's solution to the problem of us, which is a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the last 15 minutes of discussion is. Yeah, right. Yeah. God's solution to the problem of us, which is real and total, is never just blink us out. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so... I hold that confidently one. Okay. <laughs> you okay. know, um, I guess I hold confidently too that God doesn't break God's promises, even if we do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you get this in different places. Like this is Paul's logic in Romans 11, actually for why, you know, he says all Israel will be saved in the end. As he says, it's, it, it's because it's not because they all become Christian, but it's because God, never breaks God's promise. Even when, and God says this in the Old Testament too. It's like, yeah, you've broken the promise. We heard it in the Jeremiah reading mm-hmm. this past Sunday on Reformation Sunday, actually, mm-hmm. you know, where God said, yeah, you broke your covenant, even though I was your husband, like you initiated a divorce basically, yeah. but I am such a God that we're going to, you know, I'm going to live up to my end of the bargain mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're, we're just going to start over, <laughs> you know, we're going to do new covenant, you know? Yeah. And, and so, because of that, I hold confidently, despite all evidence, which is what faith is about sometimes, that it seems like the world's spinning out of control some days, and yet God has promised these things to us, and God always keeps God's promise, yeah. even though we don't. And so how that turns out is that big P word we called providence, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and like, I'm not, not sure. Not the one in Rhode Island. Yeah, <laughs> right, not Rhode Island, right. Uh, yeah, thank God, God has a Rhode Island accent. Right. <laughs> oh, that explains Peter Griffin. It does. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and so that's a long way of saying I hold both those things as true. Yeah. You know, that he's promised, he has sworn not to solve the problem by winking us out. So no, like, day the earth stood still style mm-hmm. solution to the problem. <laughs> you know, and 
he keeps his promises. Yeah. And those two kind of lead me to say somehow, don't know how, doesn't mean things won't be rough. It's already rough, right? We yeah. already have strong hurricanes hitting places they don't usually hit in seasons. Yeah, flooding in Pakistan. Right, mm-hmm. flooding in Pakistan. And like, this is also kind of my problem with this discourse is everybody goes, like, it will be a problem. I'm like, it is a problem. Like, we are in the problem. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just look around. Right. Yeah. It's the problem, here. The yeah. problem is now, and it's not that all life has been snuffed out on Earth. You know, I think that's, in some ways, I think that fear isn't helpful because yeah. it, it misses the scope of the problem. Oh, yeah. Life you will know? survive. Life yeah. is very tenacious. But right. it's the humans whether it's I think, hospitable yeah. for humans, that's yeah. the big question. I even think humans will survive. I'll confidently put, I think, beyond God, I think humans will confidently survive. Humans are pretty resilient. Mm. You know, we've endured many things. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But where where I see it getting complicated is we're also destroying our support structure. For example, mm-hmm. honeybees. Yeah. You know, we need honeybees mm-hmm. to propagate the crops we need to eat to sustain our current population level. Yeah. Um, So as they disappear, it's going to be harder and harder to grow enough food to Mm -hmm. feed us all. So that's why, so some form of life will survive. Mm. I'm still not certain it's going to be humanity. I see your point. Yeah. I guess I would just say, even then, (laughs) you know, like humans will figure out a way. Again, it doesn't mean millions won't die because millions are already dying. Dying, Right. You know, and so like, I'm not ruling that part out. That's already happening you know but the actual extinction of us the extinction species. of the species i would say that's we're we're, we're pretty clever <laughs> you know we'll, yeah somebody well, will invent a drone or you know no that's i mean it's, <laughs> as much as elon musk is in the news for not so good things uh-huh. that's a lot of his if not all of his driving motivation yeah. for spacex is really to get to a position where he can get colonies on mars so that if we wipe out Earth, humanity is still alive somewhere else. Right. And right. And even in that case, I would say, you know, the quantity of destruction we would have to do to make Earth less attractive than Mars, yeah. you know, would be a lot more than even the worst climate projections. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... There's some beachfront property on Europa I've been eyeing. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. right. Uh, and so that's all to say... Not not optimist, but hopeful. <laughs> you know, I'm not optimistic at all, but I am hopeful. That's a good distinction. You know, that's a good. Dis- I can completely uh, agree, I've, even with my cynicism. I have zero mm-hmm. sense of optimism. Yeah, but I do have a lot of hope. Okay. You know, and 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 the hope is, even without religion, humans are pretty clever. Yeah, you know, and we we survived bottlenecks before. You know, we'll survive again, and so, like, then the question is not. Will humanity survive? Because I think that distracts us from the now problem, which is, yeah, there's flooding in Pakistan right now. And we had, you know, a Category 4 hurricane run over the state of Florida Mm -hmm. and then go back and hit Carolina, you know, now. And we have to invent new categories of tornadoes and, you know, like things like that. And it's like, those are now problems which we could address. <laughs> yeah. You and know. drought problems. And, and drought problems. Yeah, we can't. And right. that that's really where it's in our hands. Mm-hmm. You know, we could. We have the capacity yep. to fix all of this or mm-hmm. to have solutions for all of this. Yep. But it does require a completely different mindset. It requires a mindset of... Yeah. Well, a, a prosperity mindset, right? Mm-hmm. A, an abundance mindset. Because we have to be willing to accept we can give water to the West Coast... Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be about money. It's about yeah. doing what's right for humanity. Right. And it requires, you know. right. 
So we have to get out of that that money mindset that there's got to be a quid pro quo exchange for saving humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem is that right now humanity equals money. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got the tech, we've got the knowledge, know-how, the engineering prowess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've got to get rid of that money mindset. So we're mm-hmm. doing it because it saves lives. Yep. Providence. So building off of that, mm-hmm. it yeah. also goes into my question. All right. Here's Drew's question. Um, so are we certain that God didn't forget about us? And also forget about us again. <laughs> mm, like an ADD god, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Why, well, we established that. Yeah. <laughs> we did establish that. Ooh, shiny new planet. <laughs> shiny new planet. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, is a, so, this is a hard one for me because there are places in Scripture which will say, and God remembered, you know, the biggest one is Exodus, where it talks about how the people cry out. And then it goes, and then the next the ending line is, and then God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then, like, my, my, the immediate thought that always pops in my head is, did he forget? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it not like, was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob not like a post it note on God's computer the whole time? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and so there are places where, where it says things like that, and you're like, huh? <laughs> you know, um, what do you mean by that? Uh, I don't have a good answer. Mm. Uh, or I don't have a one-shot answer, I guess. I have yeah. a answer that I can both confidently say that I think God never truly forgets in the sense of, again, he never forgets his promises. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also will say I find that language comforting sometimes because it's comforting to know that people sometimes are like, are like, yeah, I feel forgotten, you know, and there are times mm-hmm. in my life where it's like, yeah, I kind of feel forgotten down here, God, you could show up anytime now, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like, um, take our planet, for instance, it's like God put the planet on to boil and forgot. Right, and yeah. left, left it on, <laughs> and we're starting to boil. Turned down the heat a little bit, yeah. you know, yeah, right. <laughs> to me, it's more like he left us unsupervised, and we tried to make our own dinner and left it mm-hmm. on, you know? Well, and this is what... <laughs> Dan, <shh. laughs> And there are, there are whole psalms... Uh, in the Bible that talk about, and they're called lament psalms, you know, but they mm. usually go, they usually have a point in them where they always say something like, and remember me, O Lord, because, hey, I'm right here. <laughs> we <We're> talked <laughs> about Lamentations, right? Right, yeah, the whole book of Lamentations is uh-huh. this way, you know, but there are whole psalms that are also this way. Psalm 22, we read on Good Friday, is kind of a classic example of this. You know, it starts off by saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> you know, like, why have you forgotten me? But it, and it keeps saying in it over and over again, like, you could remember me anytime now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, anytime now would be great. Like, I am here. There are many strong bulls of Bashan surrounding me, and it would be good. <laughs> I can also remember uh, the family guy Mom, Mom, Mommy, Ma, Ma, Mama. Yeah. Ma. Hi. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a lot like that, right? And it's like, you could remember. And it it is comforting to know that, well, I don't actually think that God forgets us, that people have felt that way. Mm. People have felt that way in their spirituality. And the Bible's solution to it is not to say, oh, that feeling's silly because theologically God never forgets. But the, the, the Bible's solution is, well, just tell God you want him to remember you. <laughs> Harass him. <laughs> you know, annoy <Dan>? him. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Are you pondering what I'm pondering? <laughs> 
you know, annoy him until he wakes up and does something about it, you know, and that's the Bible. is our super. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> pester the Lord Almighty until he wakes up and does something. It just now sounds like a Monty Python. Story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The whole purpose of religion is to pester deities. Yeah, yeah, right. To pester the deity until he remembers his obligations, you know, and like, but but sometimes, it, like, the Psalms sound that way. They're like, you promised this, oh Lord, get down here and fix the light bulb, you know. <laughs> And I, I take great comfort in people speak to God that way. So, yep. <laughs> I actually think that's a good place to end. We got another question, but well, you know, I just I want to check. It was Drew's question. I want yeah. to, are you satisfied? With yes, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, folks, this has been Church in the Space in three D. Oh, see, they got it. Took a little while, but uh, we'll see you next week. Hey, Dan. Yeah, Drew. Next week, please remember to bring a backup card. From Hallmark, with love. Goodbye.